Hey everybody, welcome to Public Access America's Just the Tip. Hey Dan, do you have any Just the Tips before we finish up? I would say go for a walk when you can. I think it's really, it's in, the, in the context of maintaining good mental health and all the things we've been talking about, I think one thing that I, especially when I was working remotely for this company that I just railed against in this podcast, right, um, I found myself kind of trapped in my basement apartment with minimal light. Um, and there were days where I was like, what the hell's going on? What am I doing? What's the point of anything? And I just went out and went for a walk, even when it was really freezing cold. And going outside and breathing some fresh air and seeing life move around you is, is very comforting and coming back and having some kind of stability. And I think if you just go and take the time to deliberately walk away from your desk, from your laptop, from your place of work, whenever you get the chance, going outside, breathing some air and seeing other things happening besides people working is a, is a tremendous uh, boost to your mental health no matter where you are. It is time now for something positive. We might be headed to the promised land the of promised speaking land, the truth the and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. Of conscience. Because conscience. that is how it works. This is the beginning. It is not the finale. And that's why we're here. And that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. Find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. And we're back at Public Access America. Welcome to our Thursday episode. <laughs> hey, Jeff. Oh, he's Jeffrey. I'm Jason. Moving on, because that's obvious. How are you doing today? You know, it's supposed to be a sunny day. I'm going to do some, I'm going to do a little bit of garden work, just to kind of get some of the weeds cleared up. And I don't know, it's, it's, since it's supposed to be so nice, I might find myself an outdoor patio to go have lunch. <laughs> so i like it sometimes getting in the dirt just focuses you in a way that you can't do otherwise you know yeah no and especially like because it's it's been so busy lately like i just have not had the chance to do much of anything like i it's like my communication has just been absolute garbage and like it's it's one of those things like i don't think people realize like when you have when you have people who are severely short-staffed it can often lead to other problems in other places and those other yeah. problems can be things like it's like it takes me a lot to get my brain to shut off after after work sometimes because i've got so much to do but because i'm doing other things i can't get the things that i need to done so my brain is like okay how am i going to tackle this yeah. you know it's i'm one of those people like it's like i can figure out how to do eight hours worth of work in an hour and get it done properly mm -hmm. but there's only so much of that i can condense down and then it starts to build up and build up and build up yeah and you know that gets tough because then it's like you know i'm not it's like i'm not closing this program and shutting it you know i i just have little pieces of program running everywhere you know for <laughs> computer people who are yep. who know this it's like my brain just will not quit and then it makes it really difficult, but I'm starting to get there. Hopefully it's my been, mind, it's my been mind is doing that right at this moment. Cause we just finished that interview and I spent three days being like nervous that it was, we were going to do or say something and now it's over. And while you're talking about that, my brain is going, oh, I could have asked this. I could have asked this. Yeah, well, and, and I think, of you course. know, I think that's, I think that's one of the things that, you know, I would say advice for other candidates who, or other candidates to be out there that, you know, eventually decide that they're going to run in their district and things like that. You know, you rarely get the chance to have these long form conversations and mm -hmm. not just end up with a sound clip, you know, of, okay, here's a question quick. Give me 10 seconds of response. And we'll clip that. Yeah, for you. I hate question answer. <clears throat> I, well, it's, it's not even, it's, I don't even call it question answer because 
if your answer it's you know you think about like your school essays that you had to write on those tests it's like you couldn't just write a sentence and have that be satisfactory right <laughs> and, and and a lot of these questions are much the same way you can't just be like you know hey what are your thoughts on economic opportunity everybody should have it <laughs> okay cool moving on you right. know that's because because you have to be able to state you know like we talked about in anything you have to be able to state the problem back for what it is yeah. and and then be able to talk about how you number one how we got to that point but then number two what are your solutions that fix those issues and yeah. realistically speaking you're not going to get a 10 second soundbite out of that you might have a two minute clip and guess what you know with the rise of you know, places like TikTok or Instagram Reels or anything like that, you know, we have an opportunity to give people more time on their soundbite and be able yeah. to give them the chance to get the words out that they need to get out and not just the, okay, here's your feel-good sentiment. Yay! I know. <laughs> How do you feel about education? I Good. It. <laughs> and that's the thing like we didn't get to talk about legalization of marijuana or education or but you got to the economics which got to the fundamental community interaction that we wanted to talk about right. I'm, I'm tired of like memlo oz is is running to be senator of pennsylvania he's never lived there you know what i mean and mm -hmm. so i i love the community interaction i don't need a mm -hmm. politician politicians seem to be like i have no other special skill so i'm gonna get this job for life and and hope that i keep it but deja will be fine like the community will they'll lose out a little bit because because her reach won't be as as broad but they'll be working on things and we didn't even get to talk about sex work i mean they touched on so many things i didn't think it was good to right. necessarily throw that all at an audience at once but well, there's so many things i wanted to talk about oh absolutely <laughs> i wanted i wanted to talk about uh, about guns and and yeah. experience and and especially like where you know you know my my viewpoint on guns and mm -hmm. things like that like but but i think this is one of those things where I think oftentimes we, you know, even, even us, even me still, it's like, all right, cool. Let's talk about all of these things. You think about that, that hour went by really fast and we really only talked about basic history, uh, yeah. of their, uh, of her experience. We talked about, um, our fights, uh, we cop. talked about our, <laughs> you know, we talked about our, our, you know, what we see going on a little bit, you mm. know, we talked about economic experience and how that's impacting. We've talked, we talked a bit about how you know, personal growth and even to some extent, you know, a bit of restorative justice and yeah. in much in a way that people don't ne necessarily think about the fact that, you know, I, I, I have to quote this because I mean, it is real. It's a real thing that I have to, I have to think about uh, all the time in Skyrim there's a there's an interaction with one of the the characters in the storyline named Parthenax a dragon now um this group wants Parthenax killed he's a dragon dragons are quote unquote inherently evil and by and large the interaction of most people with dragons in Skyrim is just that inherently evil uh -huh. Parthenax has been uh, an actual voice for uh, another group the graybeards in teaching them how to live peacefully. Uh, and he says the line, this line, and I, I, I'll never forget it, which is better to have always been good or to have overcome your evil ways. And I think it, it's something that I actually think about a lot because let's be real honest, none of us here are ever going to be able to say that we were good 100% of the time. And, and even for some of the people out there that have done you know, some awful things, the question is, is have you been able to overcome your evil things? And and you can put that into so many different contexts. You can put that into so many different experiences, uh -huh. like people who have gone to prison for doing terrible things or, or doing some terrible things. You know, if we truly believe in rehabilitation, then we have to truly believe that people can overcome. Otherwise, all you're looking for is somebody who's always been good and you're never actually going to find that because there are a lot of people that are really good at hiding their evil ways. Or it's a tight, it's a tight rope to be good is a tight rope. Like right now we're offending somebody. 
And oh, that's I guarantee the issue. You. And so being true to yourself, I always say, if I can live with my decisions, then I can go forward. And if not, then I have to fix that. Cause I'll wake up five years from then at three in the morning going, ah, you know, so I try, I, tell, and, I try not to hurt people. And I do that by not expecting anything from them or judging them right. for their decisions or assuming that their life is for me. If Jeffrey makes a decision and I happen to get screwed by that, that's not necessarily because Jeffrey's life involved screwing me. It might've been that he went a certain direction and I felt the wake of that, but that's normal in relationships. And, and, and I mean, realistically on top of that is, uh, Oh, I lost it. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. I bet. Damn it. Um, <laughs> shit. Uh, I mean, realistically, like, you know, people, people do things that they later come to regret. People, uh-huh. people have experiences that they then learn and grow from. And, you know, you're right. There's a lot of us out there that have done things and it was never our intention to you right. know, do wrong by somebody. But at the same time, it's like, it's like, well, shit you know, that happened and that sucks. And I have to number one, live with it. Number two, learn and grow from it. And if, if, you know, I, if a buzzsaw was running and I walked into it, that's not the buzzsaw's problem. That's, that's not exactly the buzzsaw's fault, you know? So, <clears throat> but I, I did love that Deja thing. And I, I didn't even get to talk about disabilities. My friend Jay lives in mm. uh, Philadelphia and he, he's blind and he has a great intern job. That's why he, that show stopped. He he got a great job doing other things. And so I didn't even get to talk a lot about a lot of things that I had in my note. Cause yes, it's like surfing. One of those conversations, you don't know where it's going to go. And I love that. I, I'm I remember what I was going to say, oh, good. you know, um, so like, you know, for someone like Deja, you know, if, you know, if, if Deja, if she gets the opportunity to move up mm-hmm. and, and be a, a representative, you know, you, you said, you know, the community will miss out, but you know, there will always be somebody that is able to, you know, step into that role. And, and I think, you know, that's one of those things where, you know, if, 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 if somebody were to come to Deja and say, Hey, you know, I know that you left some big shoes to fill, but I'd like to take my shot at it. Can you show me the ropes? you know, Deja would be the kind of person that would be like, all right, I'll give you, I'll give you all the information I can. And you just Mm -hmm. come to me when you need something. Agreed. You know, and that's, and that's, and that's what we want is, is that, you know, you want that growth. You want people who have managed to bring community together to take that next step and try to bring larger community together. And, and there are people that are going to be capable of it. And there are people that aren't. And, you know, from the sounds of it, whatever path Deja ends up on, right. she will be doing great work, you know, right. for, for the community period in the story. She'll still be who she is, but she'll have access to guide funds in a better way, you know? And I like that idea that she'll be in the state house, um, directing some of these resources that, uh, orgs get you know that the, these resources get we didn't even get to talk about homelessness and all no. these things i'm sure that she's an expert on so i can't wait to get them back on and um talking about food insecurity and diversity i think that's right. where we were going with that <laughs> like we were yeah, i think that's where you know that's a direction that we were going to head and and yeah. i think i think she'll be the first person to to say that you know the the conversation is a lot more nuanced and course, there will yeah. be there will be a lot that you know we we have a limited understanding and a limited experience but being able to talk to her and hear those those stories and hear those experiences yeah. and learn you know and learn from her how to connect all of these different pieces so that way you get a more positive community response it's not that you know it's not that things are you know good maybe right. but and from the sounds of it, it sounds like things were a lot better than they used to be. And uh, sometimes that's, you know, I, 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 even as Deja said, you're not going to change this stuff overnight. Right. But sometimes you have to understand where you were and where you are now and realize that, yeah, by today's standards, it might not be good. But if you look at where things were 20 years ago, shit, mm-hmm. it's a different world. And and I've had a lot of those conversations you know, like, for example, talking about, uh, we got on the subject of RuPaul here in the house, nice. um, the kids and I did. 
and I and I, I said, you know, 20 years ago when I saw people like RuPaul and Eddie Izzard on on TV, it was shocking. And there was, you know, certainly plenty of upheaval about it. But it was a new world because at that point, you now had people uh, being represented on television that had not really been represented before. That's right. And, and now, 20 years later, you, my kids tell the story of how, the, how uh, they had a teacher that was like, you know, talking about drag races. And most of the class went, wait, RuPaul's drag race? What? That doesn't make right. any sense. And and they're t- and the teacher's like, no, 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 like race car drag races. And everybody's <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> Wait, this is a thing? And I'm like right. laughing hysterically because, you know, 20 years ago, a drag race to me was something that hap- happened in Brainerd, Minnesota. That wasn't, it wasn't RuPaul's drag race. And right. to watch how, you know, that acceptance has shifted in a lot of ways is a real testament to how some things have changed. Like I said, it is definitely not where you want it to be, mm. yeah. but compared it is better than it ever was. And, and, and I think that's, that's exciting. Yeah. And we of want, course we want, pe- we want people that want to know, we want people that want to know about RuPaul, you know, and that's it. We don't know. We all don't know everything, but if we can learn it before we encounter it, we'll be nicer to it when we do meet it. And that's, what's important. My friends all talk about, I am jazz. Like that changed their lives. Now they understand they can put a face to transgender. That isn't the demon that some people say they are. So I love the, our audience doesn't know everything, but our audience is willing to at least hear us out. <laughs> you know? Oh hell, and and we'll be the first to admit that we don't know everything. I mean, oh. as, as you know, as you've seen, there are some things that I just I won't talk about simply because it's like I don't know enough to have an opinion yeah. on this. I know, and, and I love throwing them out there so that Debbie behind you goes, "What? What? <laughs> what the hell?" But yeah, you know, no, there's things I won't talk about either because they're a trigger for me. You know, when I think in Ukraine about children being raped in front of their families, I don't talk about that enough because. I don't like it. It triggers me in a, in a way that I don't like feeling, you know? So, and well, well, yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's so frustrating. Yeah. So sorry. I don't you, know why do you, I went that direction. What do you got? What do you got for me this week? Jason? I got jack shit. I got nothing. Oh, well, that's fun. Let's, I don't let's, know let's why with that. <laughs> let's roll with that. Let's roll with that. I have that's my, fine. I have a bunch of lying liars or lying liars stuff here and, communication uh, yeah. and about a bunch of long stuff, but I just didn't know if we were going to, I figured we would roll with uh, Deja. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, and, and I think that's, you know, I think the reps that are going to do the best, whether you're looking at state, whether mm. you're looking at federal uh, senators the same way, you know, people are tired uh, and, 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 and much like, you know, the experiment with, with Donald Trump, people are tired of politicians. They, they want yes. actual representation. And I think, I think that as, as different people, you know, there's a reason why Sanders campaigns have been as successful as they are. And that's because he, he, in in some ways gets into the roots of the community and here's some of those issues or at least he seems to well and and i mean like he has a he has a he has a grasp on 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 the meta concepts you know it's stuff that he's he's had issues with and and i do believe that there are republican um uh, representatives out there that can do much the same um you know i grew up with you know for example uh in montana you know i had people like um john, john tester john tester is amazing dude i just saw him on tv talking about the farmers being squeezed out by larger yep. farms uh, john tester is amazing i want him on the show is well, he john amazing john tester is a farmer and and mm-hmm. he knows that pain you know when he when he ran against conrad burns you know i didn't vote for john tester the first time um simply because like you know i understood what position we were going to be losing uh at the time and at the time i you know was looking for less involvement in government but there are some things that you know he has managed to keep i would argue in in a more conservative realm and that's been his mind on farmers and 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 i think that's a lot of you know 
Montana Democrats were always just a different breed of Democrat. They were never going to be like these, you know, like, like oh they should God, talk about yeah. the progressives, but you know, there, it was, they were kind of more about the, just let everybody be. And, oh yeah, well, here's a couple mm. of things that would work. You know, if, if we could try this as a, as a, society, right. it would make us a little bit better. Um, you know, so for me, you know, having all of these, different experiences with different politicians you know tester was successful because tester knew you know he hadn't been in washington and he knew the plight of farmers and so for him you know his success hinged on the fact that you know at you know at least initially that he understood what a lot of these farmers were going through he understood right. how how much pain they were suffering now, whether or not he still has that, that route to the, you know, the farming community, I, I think he, I think he does to an extent, but you know, like anything else, the longer you're in Washington, the, the less likely it is to be at the forefront of your mind. And and I think yeah. that's a lot of the reason why I, I tend to support term limits is because you do get disconnected from your community when you're, when you have to be elsewhere. Yeah, we don't want we don't want like politicians that spend their life as politicians. If they're not growing or evolving in office, then we just don't need that. Well, and especially where you know, as you lose that connection to your community, you know, because you're spending all this time in the big city, not back home on the farm, you know, it it is it is something that starts to weigh on your ability to campaign again, and at some point you will become disconnected from your community. That's just how it is. And, and for some people, it's much faster than others. You know, some people do great with being able to, you know, stay connected to their community and sure. not let, not let, you know, life in Washington, you know, run ragged, uh, run rampant over them. But at the same time, some people, it's just like the moment, you know, their goal was to get there and be there. And, and that was all there was to it. And they talked uh -huh. a great game. Right. So. That's what I always say about Donald Trump. If you listen to what he was promising and talking about, he was talking about an in inclusive party that included the LGBTBTIA. He was talking about immigration reform in the way that would help farmers and ranchers. He was talking about things that would benefit everybody. It's just so he didn't do it. <laughs> so no. what, the way I like to explain it is he might have had an opportunity to do something, but he surrounded himself with swamp people and became a swamp legacy. Like, like politicians go into it intending the best of things, but it it's a pressure cooker and you, you just end up instinctively reacting instead of thinking about it somebody said authoritarians are great and i think of deja and i think what one person knows everything about everything that the whole of democracy like government does the whole of government is being used incorrectly but it's a it's a tool that ensures uh, a certain level of lifestyle for everybody that a that an autocrat couldn't that one man couldn't so i like the whole of government i like that being able to react independent to a one man's okay it's just we're misusing it and we're not using Absolutely. the right things in the right way and what i find amazing jeffrey is like on the news title 42 is now the major thing oh my god title 42 we're using that we shouldn't use that that's a covid thing that's not even a policy that's a health policy yes yes thank mm -hmm. you Thank you, America, for understanding. It's just illegitimate. It's not a way to control the flow of immigration. It's the way to control the flow of COVID. <laughs> and there isn't COVID, you said. So let's move right. on and create a better policy. But that's been the funny one to me. It's like, oh, we need to get rid of all of these COVID policies. All right, <laughs> no. cool. We're going to get rid of Title 42 that kept Wait, immigrants no. from coming into the country based on COVID. No, you can't get rid of Title 42. It's like, which is it? Is COVID real or are you just wanting it because it stemmed the flow of immigration? Right. Because because if if you're if you're saying you want Title 42, you're admitting that COVID's not over. Right. But if you but if you say <laughs> it's like, which is it? You know, you're either an idiot or a moron. Take your pick. That's right. And it's not going to stop. Like, I don't understand for five years why we didn't at least take applications. <laughs> you know, there's, there's somebody who was like 2 million people. I'm like, yeah, but that's from the past five years. Divide that and start taking applications now. They don't have to cross the border to apply, but we stopped 
application because crossing the line to apply became the crime. It's ludicrous. And then they put Title 42 in to just make sure. And Democrats are like, well, we support it. You can't support it. You can't support it. It just doesn't make sense. It's illegal. I support the I support controlling the flow of immigration. I do. I just don't believe in controlling it through Title 42. Right. <laughs> it, it, that's the thing. Title 42 made sense when we were that's at a time yeah. it, 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 when we were at a time with uncontrolled COVID flow and yeah. we we had next to no mitigation policy. Right. It made sense then. It doesn't make sense now. No, we can t- test them, take their application, <laughs> and move on with life. It's like you want to know how you you want to know how you stem the flow of, of COVID through immigration. It's like, all right, cool. Hey, we've got COVID shots. You get your COVID <laughs> shots. Right. right. And I think that people think it's like the the I don't know, the wall in Game of Thrones. Like there's two million people just standing on our border just waiting for that title to end. It's not that there's camps. People are dying. Like people are walking in, maybe being hung just so that they can like pick our food. Not all immigration is bad. And sometimes when they say 7,000 a month, that's one guy walking in every day for a day job. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's, it sounds better to make them sound illegal. It's, and there's criminals in there. Yes. But no, most immigrants, they just, they're just running. They're just running from something. And I watched a show on Jim Jones and how he took his little cult to the fucking rainforest and how disgusting they said it was like, you could cut the air with a knife. It was so humid, so hot, so miserable. And I think, yeah, I'd run from that too. You put me in, you put me in Venezuela or somewhere hot like that. I'm running to America for air conditioning, you know, seriously. So have you ever watched anything on Jim Jones that gives a new perspective to the Republican rhetoric for me? You know what I mean? Some of that, uh, you know, and he started as a social justice warrior, you know, like he was like for inclusive communities and everybody loved him. But at some point he started doing drugs and fucking just went off the rails. He killed a a senator, like or a congressman or something. It was bad. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't, I haven't, I can't say that I've read a ton on Jim Jones. So, right. So, there's a new idea about putting sulfuric acid into the atmosphere so that it will um, reflect some of the sun's light and then we won't hit climate change. How do you feel about that? That's a stupid idea. Is it? Why is it stupid? That's not. Yeah, of course it's stupid. What does it matter with people? Like, oh, hey, let's just add something else to the atmosphere, you know, without understanding about how it's going to fuck with everything else. That sounds like a great fucking plan. Or how about, you know, you like actually like diversify your energy (laughs) to include more zero carbon emission energy sources and far less uh, to eventually... you'll never hit zero uh carbon fuel sources i mean of course let's be real trees would die (laughs) well i was gonna say well realistically realistically you're going to be dealing with forest fires you always will i mean there's Mm -hmm. natural burn cycles for everything right and so that's that's just not something that's going to happen um but you know i think i think with the war in eastern europe i think a lot of countries Mm -hmm. have realized that if you don't diversify your energy portfolio, you end up with this bullshit. Right. When, when another company, uh, when another company, I mean, real estate, when another country can manipulate the flow of energy, be it fossil fuels mm-hmm. or anything else. And your economy starts to take a shit that doesn't make you an independent country and uh, an independent right. economy. And I mean, and, and, and here's the, the other realistic part that's, there's always going to be some piece of that with the fact that we are a very globalized economy, whether, whether you're the small nation or the large nation, we're a very globalized economy. And so when these energy prices take a hit the way that they do, it affects everything, but it because, affects it overall in in a way that if we were more isolated would affect us more radically, like it is Russia, you know. Oh, absolutely. So being being independent and having a crisis in the world helps. Microgrids help. 
you know, and electric helps. What I think is funny is while they're railing against climate change, Biden is building infrastructure that'll handle what we're talking about. You know, absolutely, and and that's the thing is is that, you know, you'll you have country your countries, you have states that are looking at doing things that other states won't do. Right. Uh, was it you know, Wyoming is I think going to build a nuclear power plant if mm. I remember I heard right. Yeah, a couple in the middle middle, but that's the whole idea is to it's put like, our exactly. energy in the middle and expand it out, but diversify it and create micro grid, grids that can sustain themselves in outages. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing is, is that, you know, with, with all of those energy needs that we have, it's like what people, what people don't understand is, is that when you diversify out to all of these different electric sources, Mm -hmm. the issue has never been our ability to generate electricity, right? Like that's not the issue. Our issue is battery storage. So that way, when, when, when you're not generating as much electricity, you have the ability to store as much as you can for the times when things get difficult. It's why it's, lines, of course. Yeah. it's why we have, it's why we have things like generators, you know, <laughs> whereas, you know, if, if you have large capability battery storage, suddenly, you know, power, you know, power can fluctuate a bit, right. but as long as you have a full charge on your battery, you know, you can actually target things a lot differently. So you that. can have, you can have, you know, you think about it like this, you know, some places they charge power differently. So they'll have your peak hour charge and then you have your off hour charge. Right. Well, what if you're, what if for housing, let's talk about, you know, equitable access to power. What if, you know, for how, you know, people on, you know, low income housing assistance, with these battery storage techniques, they're able to get power cheaply during non-peak hours to run their house throughout the day. That minimizes the amount of, that they're going to pay on power, and the companies that are using the power, right, are actually the ones that are going to be paying for it. The hard, that's you right. know, the, the hard way, and that's and that's the reality is is that there are there are methods, there are ways that you can look at this, but we have to get the technology there in order to be able to make this equitable. Mm-hmm. That's the amazing thing. They make these houses. For, tra- for for homeless transitions, they could make those energy outputs. You know, they could make them energy collectors. They could make them a part of a microgrid system. So when the grid goes out, there's always going to be energy. And I love that. That mm-hmm. I mean, battery. I love solar. Like Utah is going solar and wind. It's just it. To me, it's cool. It's like independent. There's oh. well, that's that's the thing about it is is that energy independence, especially as we move more towards electric it is going to make life a lot simpler in a lot of different ways. But that also means that you have to invest in the infrastructure in order to get there. Like, Mm -hmm. cause that's the thing is, is that, you know, there are ways to generate heat during the winter that use a lot less energy than what we do now. You know, cause you think about it, you're using two sources. Most people, like if you have a gas forest air furnace, you're using two sources of power in order to generate that heat for your home right you are you are using electricity to run the fan that's going to blow air throughout your house but you're also using gas in order to superheat that air (laughs) right whereas whereas now you you would make that fan actually turn into a turbine that creates the energy well no you wouldn't wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to necessarily do that with with a lot of these fans because those they 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 are they're heavy load and so they don't really do that but what you are more what is easier to do is is that you know with you know for example i i like to plug floor heat a lot you can now target specific areas that get hot or cold a lot easier and so overall you're using a lot less energy than you would if you were trying to just heat the entire house uniformly gotcha yeah, and I yeah we we do that a lot in this house. We cool zones. We don't cool the whole house, you know. Right, and and that's yeah. and that's just it. Is is that you know that's 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 always going to be your struggle. Mm-hmm. So, but you don't need to you don't need to believe in climate change or global warming to support 
the switch to green. You know what I mean? You can just go with energy independence, which is, I think, what every Republican wants, right? Energy like, independence, energy, energy diversification. There's no reason why, you know, these large big oil companies can't be the reason why energy gets diversified. You know, yeah. nobody's going to give a shit if you fill up with shell gasoline or shell electricity. Right. You know, as long as people can fill up their car and get to the next place. And especially like, you know, especially like as, as battery storage gets a lot better and transmission of power gets a lot better uh -huh. and the ability to recharge these batteries get a lot better at some point you know, you're not going to have the same issues. You're going to be able to plug in, go to the bathroom, you know, grab a snack with the family, get out, stretch your legs, walk around for a couple minutes, get back in your car and get back on the road and, you know, drive the next 200 miles before <laughs> you get out, you know, fill your car up again. Yeah. You know, it's th things have changed. Things are changing. And, you know, that's, that's where being a part of that diversification yeah. is going to be crucial. And you imagine know, because... this, Jeff, imagine this, Jeffrey, we're thinking about green technology right now, but imagine in a hundred years, we're not going to be thinking about green technology. We're going to be thinking about the amazing nuclear technology we have. And it's always going to grow. We're always going to be looking at or, new technologies. Or maybe at some point you're not even nuclear is not even on the table because we have, we have a transmission system that right. literally floats around the outside of the planet. We, we suddenly yeah. have like earth has its own ring right. that is constantly facing the sun and yep. pulling electricity in that way. So that way it can be distributed down to the planet. Why? Because there are papers published on how orbital elevators would work. And those yep. orbital elevators could be electric transmission lines from the power that's collected out in space. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, granted, that's probably, you know, uh, uh, 500 years from now, Thank but God. the reality is, is, is that that technology could exist and there you're not even worried about whether or not, you know, yeah. one country or another is, you know, going to be under sanction because this is electricity that is literally going to be flowing from a place where nobody owns it. Right. Uh, China is trying to get to the moon to put solar panels on it for that idea they've been working on the transmission of that power i think that's cool so i mean we got to get past ga the gas and let's just get our energy as as efficiently and cheaply as possible there's still going to be a world in which gas and oil fits in fossil fuels fits in but they're not going to be the size we're not going to need to depend on that any one thing imagine a world in which you turned off all the hydro and we still had plenty of power. Imagine a world where the sun went down and we still had plenty of power, right? Like we're right. not, we're not depending or, on one thing. Or you have a satellite, you know, you have uh -huh. a solar collector ring that literally just faces the sun the entire time. And that's, you never have this discussion ever again, right? Because power is being collected and transmitted down yeah. to earth based on that. I mean, that's, that's the reality of science future. I love is you, because because there are these <laughs> there are these weird power like there's these weird theoretical power generation systems some even put them like right around the fucking sun and i'm like that's that doesn't sound like a good idea but sure yeah, to me no. like a ring system more like what like you know you know saturn or or neptune has makes far more sense because then you would have this actual ring that would face the planet mm. or face the sun but that's 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 you know not here That's, nor yeah we, I, we my generations have, will be dead long 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 we don't have the resources on earth oh, hell to no. create that that's the asteroid field yep and, and and i mean and realistically too when you look at energy diversification you know we think about this and we've talked about this several times yeah 10 percent of the energy that came into this country was from russia and since those sanctions took place our our price per barrel has jumped anywhere from uh 30 to 40 dollars a barrel even though you know the price of oil was only like i would say about 75 80 dollars a barrel prior to that so you think about that and you think about how expensive oil became even though we only got 10 percent, and you know because russia's under sanction and all of that uh all of those other countries who now, you know, don't get Russian oil are now having to diversify and find uh, oil and gas and coal elsewhere. 
it just makes for a greater case in point that the more you're able, more electricity you're able to produce from non-fossil fuel methods makes it a far more stable option to have electrical generation done through wind and solar and thermal and hydro and nuclear and you know whatever else you can figure out i appreciate you for that alone by the way <laughs> it's that those those things are going to be crucial to uh, americans and europeans being able to control their energy costs mm -hmm. you yeah, know because I mean, russia just tried taking natural gas away from poland right poland and bulgaria in Bul bulgaria yeah okay so so yeah uh, they've they've turned it off they've hmm. they've turned off gas supplies to poland and bulgaria unless more are going rubles so has you... the has the european union been paying russia in rubles this... no no they weren't uh okay. but because the ruble the ruble value is is crashing and right. they don't have access to uh at russia central bank doesn't have access to european banks anymore right no euro no they dollars, right? basically they're saying you if you're going to buy from us you have to pay in rubles because well, they can't access the central bank and everybody said nah right no you can't make that's not what the contract said we're honoring the contract well but, and and well and and that's the thing is is that that it's it's not even about honoring the contract you know if if all of these countries buy in rubles uh, by using rubles that means that it props up the value of the ruble well of course right where but since nobody can access uh since nobody in russia can access uh the central banking system like swift for example mm -hmm. their their economy is going to crash hard and it's going to hurt a lot yeah. and that by being able to have people pay in rubles it bolsters the value of that currency and right. you know but before it was it was paid in euros or whatever else you know i came to a conclusion hmm. go ahead and nuke the world vlad i don't care it'll solve literally almost all my problems so i won't have to go to work tomorrow <clears throat> right right uh, like he keeps threatening it and i'm like yeah okay fine call him out on it you know yeah sure yeah you you it's, it, you, you said you're gonna nuke the world yeah i've heard you i heard you i heard you yeah <laughs> is there yeah, any yeah, downside yeah. to it not really not after it happens i'm just really i'm really tired that one man can do all of this and just like i was sad like a week ago we were talking about the people in mariupol and how you know i like that was going to change my perceptions on everything that's my red line and guess what this week we're i'm still thinking about the people in mariupol right they're still stuck they're still trapped they're still not being allowed what the you want to take over a city, okay? And there's 5,000 people left in the city before you can do anything in the city. Why would you not let them leave? Why would you continue to bomb them and keep them there? It, by bombing them, you're keeping the people there to bomb them. You're not keeping them. Your goal is to take over the area. You can't take over the area until the people leave, but you won't let the people leave. This is so weird to me. Well, and then what Russia said was they've... Uh, quote unquote evacuated uh, up to a million Ukrainian citizens to Russia. Uh, yeah, aka Infiltr kidnapped infiltration <laughs> camps. That's yeah. disgusting. I don't understand. I asked on Twitter, what's the difference between a Nazi concentration camp and a Russian filtration camp? You know, what is it? They're, not they're, not really a whole lot of difference. No, um, not when you can see satellite imageries of mass graves. And by um, the way. Like having Ukrainians fee paying Ukrainians and and bread and water to fill mass graves, that's disgusting. You know what yep. I mean? That's, well, that's and, Nazi. That's Nazis. Well, and that's and and exactly it. That's exactly it. And then on top of that, you had a uh, so your Canada's uh, one of Canada's uh, houses has voted to label what is happening in Russia genocide. Good. And so you know that's the thing is is like at some point when this gets labeled a genocide which yeah. it, it has been because i mean putin's statements have said it all russia or ukraine doesn't have a right to exist right they, at they're some take, point they're taking teachers to re-educate them on how to teach ukraine ukrainian kids 
Well, and uh, what's going to happen is, is that at some point it's going to be labeled a genocide. And mm -hmm. at that point, like, I, I hate to say it, we're not going to have any choice but to get involved. I, we're involved anyway. You I know mean, what I mean? More involved, like actual troops on the ground fighting I think, this war. I, I, yeah, I don't like the idea, but I, my only issue is the nukes. Like, we're going to go in and we're going to go strong. Where do we stop? And what happens with the nukes? How do we stop the nukes? <laughs> you know? Well, that, like I said, you know, unfortunately, there's a point where it's just like we have to accept the fact that, you know, he's threatening to nuke people, whether or not they're actually there at all or not. Right. And the reality is, is that even for even for some of the European countries at some point, they're not going to be able to sit back and let Ukraine fight this alone. I and guarantee Moldova you, wants help, right? Moldova wants help. They'll, they might get it from Bulgaria, even I though the two, so. even though the two countries have issues with each other, you know, because Moldova was once a part of Bulgaria, but then it became mm -hmm. its own, uh, it became its own country. Weren't they um, both part of Romania <laughs> or, or Romania? One of the two. Um, right. I might, uh, now I gotta look it up because I am, yeah, I I'm one you. of those, I'm one of those people where it's like, I, I need to, but I love these little countries there. Like those are what's it, the North Macedonia, you know, like I have. Yeah, I have, it was part of Romania. Yeah, you're right. right. Moldova was part of a Romanian. So can't they just fold back into Romania and, and like stand strong? Like Romania well, is already that, a NATO member, right? Yes. And there's been that. Uh, there's been that question of whether or not um, Moldova would be willing to do that. And the answer has been no. Um if they did, they would automatically fall under under NATO uh, protection. But they want the, they want their independence. I get that. I would absolutely. Too. You don't want to and, move back into your parents' house if you don't have to, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and and so that's that's one of those things where I would say folding into countries for the sake of getting NATO membership yeah. is not the not the way to go. No, I, I do think that Zelensky is right in what eventually Ukraine is going to do when they ultimately win and, and rebuild there i would say that they're going to look in, in some ways I, I i would call it a hybrid between uh the czech republic uh and israel they're going to have their own arms industries in order to protect themselves against a country that is constantly willing to land grab they're mm -hmm. going to develop a very strict regiment defense force Heck yeah and system and, Absolutely. I mean, as we're starting to see already, a lot mm -hmm. of these Ukrainian weapons systems that they've literally taken old Russian systems and have, you know, they, I mean, Ukraine used to be like the 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 freaking rust belt of the Soviet yeah. Union's weapons program. Right. And, they're building their own Neptunes now, though. And they're, you know, the the Neptune is based off of Russian rockets, which were right. manufactured in Ukraine. Right. And basically, they went, well, screw you guys. All right, here's how we're going to take this missile and actually make it effective. And then they sunk a freaking cruiser. Yep, I love it. By the way, those those bodies aren't going back to Russia. Like nobody wants those bodies. Nobody's asking for those Russian bodies back. Which is, you know, it's it's been absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um. But I, yeah, I I agree with you. I think. Ukraine will be a hybrid. They might, they might, like I always say about creating like an America's force, they may make a Baltic force, you know what I mean? And just have a loose defense relationship outside of NATO with the other Baltic states. That would well, be cool. I, I think that I think that they'll have a I think that they'll have a strong relationship with those states. Mm, it's right now so. it's just this it, because Ukraine is not part of the EU and because they are not part of NATO. Like Russia is going to take every opportunity that if if a NATO member country sends troops into that country, they're going to say NATO is attacking us, mm -hmm. whether or not NATO has actually you know been involved or not. But they're saying it now. There's they could say it at any day that NATO came in and attacked an oil refinery in our country. Oh, absolutely. Or it was an American cruise missile that hit points in russia you know like they could at any time say we're we're, we're involved in fact vladimir putin said i'm going to be swift on my revenge for you if you arm them anymore and we keep arming them like he yeah. keeps drawing red lines like back 
back there like we're way past that line buddy you've been, past that. You've been past that one for a while right when that little when that lady crawled that pregnant lady caught crawled out of the hospital and died yeah we were past that you know yeah it's like yeah you know and and that's yeah. that's one of those things where it's like do i like yeah. do i like the fact that we have to do what we're doing no no but you know this is one of those things where the group of people who thought that Russia was our friends need to very clearly take a look at this and say, no, they weren't, right. they were not our friends. You know, I don't, I don't want to call necessarily any country our enemy. Like we have allies and we have working partners, people right. we don't necessarily agree with, but we, we do business for the greater good. There was, there was an actually a prisoner prisoner exchange between us and Russia. So there is yeah. still normal diplomatic things going on. There's with still the country. some diplomatic things. Right. Exactly. There's still back. There's well, still, there's still some lines of communication open. And, and I think that, uh, you know, I think that within the ranks, there are people that are still working to make sure that this thing doesn't go nuclear. We've always had, we had that with the Soviet Union right. you know, way back in the day. I mean, when, when nuclear missiles showed up in Cuba, we were ready to just freaking bomb Moscow right then and there. Yeah. But people, people with cooler heads said, we don't want to do this. This is a terrible fucking idea. Wiping yeah. out the globe is not the way you want to go. That's how we got the uh, Berlin wall. That was the compromise for the Bay of Pigs. You know, so interesting though, but that's, and, and here, you know, what you're going to end up seeing is like, yeah. like we've talked about several times, you know, nobody wanted, nobody thought NATO was useful, you know, especially in the last administration, you know, mm-hmm. and so far Vladimir Putin has done more to sell NATO than, you know, anybody else could have. So if, if, if Vladimir Putin stopped the war today, removed all of his troops and went back to Russia, would the, would the sanctions come off? Like no. how you couldn't, right? And he knows that like they're there, those sanctions, sanctions are in place till Russia falls and rebuilds. Yeah, you Those know? sanctions are in place until there are certain guarantees that right. be made. Till Russia falls into bankruptcy. It's either, <laughs> either, either, either Putin, you know, gets a one-way ticket to the Hague. Yeah. And, and there are, there are some conditions that are met for economic relief Exactly. or Russia's literally going to be isolated. I mean, you look at it, China keeps saying, oh, Russia's our ally, Russia's our friend, mm-hmm. but then they, you've got like a lot of payment processors and other things other companies that won't do business with Russia now. And the yeah. reason is, is because they're an unreliable trading partner. Like that's right. Like even now, like for example, you know, Russia has been like, Oh, we're going to sell gas to friendly countries. Uh-huh. And even China's like, mm, yeah, you've already shown that you, you weaponize your gas fields. We're not necessarily that interested. in. Well, that. not to mention the fact that China is right next door to Russia, but yet there's no pipeline, <laughs> you know, like Russia would actually literally have to put their oil, gas and oil on boats and ship it to China. They would have to ship it to India. There's no easy way to get there. They would spend more in getting the oil there than the bargain price that they're, they, they're selling it at. That's so funny to me. <laughs> so, I mean, realistically, like, is there is there's always an off ramp for Russia. There yeah. always is. But it, it's just that that off ramp went from just fucking go home to Mm -hmm. there are certain things that will have to be met now some are calling for complete denuclearization of russia that i'm like i I mean personally i think the entire world should be denuclearized but well i think it should be you will denuclearize if everyone else denuclearizes too it's a chance for a denuclearization treaty in the world you know mm-hmm. what I mean? We're going to make Russia do it, but Russia, the, the counter to that is everyone else has to, too, because I want to, I really want a nuclear free world, a nuclear I mean, weapon free world. I do too. Uh, and, and well, and also too, my hope would eventually be that, you know, we're creating enough power that we wouldn't need to use nuclear energy for power either. Well, of course, um, but there's a place for it right now. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's, 
it's a great stepping stone until <laughs> right and uh, who cares maybe there's a small nuclear plant that's like a thorium plant that's in the middle of your town somewhere that kicks on an emergency everything else failed you know what i mean the apocalypse has come at least you still got something so know. um but i mean realistically like sadly that's not going to happen but what's our best it's our best chance for it in our life what this is what is what this has also shown though too is is that um the world won't do a whole lot yeah as long as you're nuclear armed and i really do think that you're going to see a nuclear arms race 2.0 because of this because everybody is going to look at this take notes and say Mm -hmm. oh if i don't want another country to mess with me and they've been uh, like they have been i've got to build nuclear weapons in order to get them to leave me alone yeah i mean donald Donald trump sold nuclear technology to saudi arabia and Mm -hmm. uh, north korea had it they got it from russia Iran is developing it. They got it from somewhere. And these are countries that don't mind selling that technology to other like-minded, you know, people like Palestine and India have nukes. Wow. Like that's a scary situation there and there alone. You know, Palestine in Pakistan, Pakistan, Palestine. Did I say Palestine? You said Palestine. I was like, I mean, Israel has Israel won't admit it, but Israel has nukes, man. They have Iron Dome lasers now. They don't even need to use new, like the missiles well, anymore. Right. And that's, that's what they're uh, developing right now, which is yep. pretty cool to me. So, I mean, realistically speaking, like, you know, uh, and that was one of the other things is, is that if Iran, you know, Saudi Arabia had made it clear that if, if Iran had developed a nuclear missile, they mm. would actually buy technology from Pakistan. Good. And so, and so that's when we were like, eh, "Fuck it, we'll sell you ours." That's scary as fuck, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> nuclear proliferation is a major problem, and yeah, agreed. There's there's so many other ways to kill so many other people. You know, like I just or, nuclear you know, is dangerous, <laughs> or don't right? Like just admit, that'd be great. Admit people have the right to exist. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be so bad. So, do you have any uh, just the tips? I, yeah, I didn't get one from Deja. God bless. Sorry. Well, you know, uh, I don't have one really because I've just been so busy. Uh, I'm, I, I, I will to. say I already have two, so it doesn't really matter. I, I have to say I'm going to be trying out gardener's vinegar today to find out if I can use it as a natural way to kill weeds. Cool. I like we'll see that. if it works. I have no idea if it will or not, but I'm going to give it a shot because we've got these little blackberry fucking things that drive me crazy <laughs> and i'm gonna see if it'll actually work on them okay i can't wait to find out so I, what i learned was about this spyware technology that um there's an in, there's a there's a lot of spyware technology going out there you know what i mean and uh, i learned that it isn't persistent and that if you turn your phone off and on they it can't withstand that so i don't know try that if you if you're having a problem with technology tune i don't know how to turn my phone off actually so i don't i run it out of i i run it out of energy that's how i turn it off you hold the power button on it and depending on do you have an android or an iphone oh an iphone of course yeah you'll hold the power button and then a little drop down menu will show up and then you have to slide it over in order to fully shut down your phone technology is amazing isn't it gotta love it gotta love it all right well thank you for listening how about that thank you for listening to public access america we're amazing you're amazing and you could do amazing things anytime you want to i don't know like i think we started to have an argument about um optimism and pessimism (laughs) and it was like uh, uh, people seriously you think the world is 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 trash because people keep telling you trash it's not like it's not you know, there are certain things that are trash. Sure, but they're not overwhelming and unsolvable. That's my point. Like, we just need to realize that. And I told my friend that, like, you just think work sucks because your mind is telling you work sucks. And he's been in a better mood about it. He's like, maybe if I saw the positives, I wouldn't mm-hmm. focus on the negatives and then I would be working towards better things. And it worked for him. So maybe it'll work for other people too. Fuck, awesome. go in the garden, get your fucking hands dirty, get fucking dirt under your nail, be Jesus, you know, get in there, do stuff. Oh, there you go. I love that. I love you, Jeffrey. Thanks for being here. 
We'll catch you later. <laughs> Bye. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. Nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. To public, to public access, access America. America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams Sunday on live YouTube. Streams. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, Twitter. Twitter. Apple Podcasts, Podcast. Stitcher, Stitcher Smart, Smart Radio, Radio, Radio Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access public America. Access history America. in the making. Making history in the making. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.